I was in the office, just come off a phone call, and I felt like a small pop in the back of my head, and then um, a severe headache come on, which I thought was a migraine or just a normal headache starting. So as a guy does, I took two tablets, sort of eased, oh, I'll carry on. Well, one of my colleagues noticed my colour had drained, so so I don't feel very good. I'm going to nip home. I'm gonna, I'll go to bed, and I'll see you tomorrow. I woke up the next morning, still had a headache, so I took two tablets and carried on. Did my interview, was told I got the job. Did a full sales meeting, still with this headache. I woke up on the next morning blind. I had my CT scan and I was put straight into, into recess. I was asked, you know, I asked why was I in there? And none of the consultants would tell me. It was a small nurse at the back, sort of come over to calm me down. And she said, we don't know where you are with your stroke, the type of stroke you've had. You could go into a coma. And that's when things started to get really scary then. Where my bleed was, they're unable to operate. I'm on no meds. It was a bleed in the brainstem. So they said they'd, ne they'd never operate. If it had been a quarter of an inch higher or lower, they'd have given me four hours to live. I plan more now, so I plan my weeks. And I, I just plan things that I enjoy to do. And if it's a day of, oh, I don't really find, I don't really want to do this, but I have to do it. I'd make sure it's done in the morning and I got nothing in the afternoon so I can rest. Or if it's in the afternoon, I do nothing in the morning. So I'm totally trying to be relaxed as I can, going through things. Hello, I'm Mark Goodyear. Welcome to Stroke Stories, the podcast that seeks out and hears from stroke survivors. In this episode, we're going to hear the stories of two stroke survivors, Dave Jones and Steve Diaper. First, we'll hear from Dave Jones from Amundford in South Wales, who suffered a stroke at the age of 36. Before my stroke, I was an outgoing guy, up with my family for meals, fishing, off-roading, motorcycles, and holidays abroad, I sort of lived life to the full. I was a regional sales manager, covering the Southwest, Midlands and South Wales. You now trying to work my way up the career ladder as well. Literally, as I had my stroke, I just landed a new job as well. I passed the interview. I was in the office, just come off a phone call, and I felt like a small pop in the back of my head, and then a severe headache come on, uh, which I thought was a migraine or just a normal headache starting. So as a guy does, I took two tablets, sort of eased, oh, I'll carry on. Well, one of my colleagues noticed my colour had drained, so, so I don't feel very good. I'm going to nip home. I'm gonna, I'll go to bed and I'll see you tomorrow. When I come home, I don't remember the drive home. Come in the front door, went straight to bed and I slept the rest of the afternoon, which isn't me. I woke up the next morning, still had a headache. So I took two tablets and carried on. Did my interview, was told I got the job. Did a full sales meeting, still with this headache. I woke up on the next morning blind. I wanted to drink, which I thought was a glass of water. It was actually a coffee from the day before. I drank that and my, my vision came back, tunnel vision, but double. So I put it down to migraine and something that a viral picked up. I had a proper cup of coffee and my vision returned to full vision, but it was double. So I rung my, my doctor. They said, you know, get away just in case it sounds viral. I attended a &E. I remember checking in. I didn't even sit down and the nurse had me straight in the triage room. Um, I don't remember from the triage room to the bed, but the nurse said I walked and talked. So the next thing I remember, I was all wired up and they were sending me for a CT scan. I had my CT scan and I was put straight into, into recess. I was asked, you know, I asked why was I in there? And none of the consultants would tell me. It was a small nurse at the back, sort of come over to calm me down. And she said, we don't know where you are with your stroke, the type of stroke you've had. You could go into a coma. 
And that's when things start to get really scary then. Where my bleed was, they're unable to operate. I'm on no meds. It was a bleed in the brainstem. So they said they'd, ne- they'd never operate. If it had been a quarter of an inch higher or lower, they'd give me four hours to live. Dave spent six days in hospital. I had an MRI scan while I was in to determine where the actual bleed was. And they said they're going to let it sort of heal myself. After the six days, I could just about walk. My speech wasn't the best, but they said it was an acceptable stage and I'd recover better at home. I don't call it recovery, I call it rebuilding because I'm rebuilding to be a different person because I am a different person. I'm not the old Dave then, if that makes sense. I was in the gym three times a week. At the time we had a dog, I was taking the dog between two and three miles a day for a walk. That's what the consultant said. He said, you shouldn't have had the stroke. He said, you're better than medically fit. They asked what my job was. Was it high stress? And I said, yes, being in sales, it, it can be. And they put it down to stress being the um, contributory factor to the stroke. Because I already put my notice in. My old company sort of honoured my notice and terminated my contract at, at the end of my notice period. The new company did pay me for a, a period, though, of you know just to help me out. And then it's sort of we come to an amicable agreement then. That, you know, I couldn't return to work to that role. So it ended there. I was told I'd never work again, but I'm hoping within to return to work to a some form of employment in the next two years. With recovery, it's been or oh, rebuilding. I I'd lost seventy percent of my right hand side, and I could just about hold a five word conversation with one person. Re- rehabilitation was learning to walk properly again. I can just about do about twenty meters now. Then I have to have a, have a break. Speech has been a big thing. I'd have to stammer in the beginning. It's better now until I get sort of, I'm, I'm tired. And it's just been working hard on getting myself physically back to, I'll say, normal. But I know it'll never be where I was. I could walk into a pub, restaurant, massive event on my own before, no problem at all. I could only talk to 200 people. I can't do that now. I prefer to be away from hustle and bustle. Uh, but for the quiet life rather than you know, the social going out and everything. So I, I, I'm not the old person that way. I was trying to put, turn a negative into a positive. It's, it made me look at, like a different way of life. I plan more now, so I plan my weeks and I, I just plan things that I enjoy to do. And if it's a day of, oh, I don't really find, I don't really want to do this, but I have to do it. I'd make sure it's done in the morning and I got nothing in the afternoon so I can rest. Or if it's in the afternoon, I do nothing in the morning. So I'm totally trying to be relaxed as I can, going through things. Dave has also got involved with local support groups and stroke charities. Stroke Association have been fantastic with me. My local coordinator, she's outstanding. She definitely needs a pay rise. <laughs> She'd set up a young men's peers group, which we attend before lockdown, would attend once a month. I then set up a social media group for us because I felt the once a month meeting wasn't enough. There was sort of a lot of like a no man's land in between. So now we sort of, there's a, a sort of social media group that we can chat on. You know, Jen's I'm feeling down today or I feel really good. You know, I feel this, you know, have you experienced that? And there's about 12 of us, between about 11 and 12 of us on there that have all had strokes and all, you know, have different outcomes and, you know, feel differently then. That's massively helped me. So, uh, and it's something I'm looking to do once I can return to some form of employment is work within stroke recovery or brain injury recovery. It's one of the darkest places to be after a stroke, of, especially being a young man. Of I got my life in front of me and then bang, it's, you know, it's turned upside down within minutes. Like I'm on Facebook, Twitter and, and Instagram. 
especially on Facebook, mostly on Twitter, but on Facebook, I've joined Global Stroke Survivor pages and groups. And sort of, you know, if someone puts on, oh, I'm feeling this, or is anyone experienced that, you know, telling people my story and, you know, and it, that's helped them. There's a couple from Australia that I chat with. There's a lady from up north and a guy from over, over the bridge in England. And we sort of have a conversation every now and again and catch up and just, you know, check out each, each who everyone is like. Engineering is my background. I know I'm not physically or mentally able to do that again. So with helping someone in sort of stroke recovery or with the stroke association, my life skills and tools then would be apt for that. And Dave has a message for you if you are supporting stroke survivors. To a loved one or family member or a stroke survivor, thank you. Without them, we'd have nothing. We're very lucky to have close family members that do things for us. And the stroke survivors keep going, the sky's the limit. Fail is not a negative, it's a first attempt in learning. It's a stroke is something new for everyone. You're doing amazing. Dave's brain stem stroke could have taken his life, but he's come out the other side with a positive attitude and is enjoying sharing his story and helping other survivors come to terms with their strokes. Next, in the second part of Stroke Stories today, we were just doing exercises. We we're actually doing like shuttle runs at the time, so it was running up and down, doing things. And I can just remember as I was running, and then I just sort of remember falling over. And then it was um, a little bit of a blur, really, because I, the next thing I remember is a sort of crowd of people around me, and uh, I was sort of looking up and thinking, what was all the fuss about? I didn't certainly didn't feel like anything really had happened. I felt a little bit confused, perhaps, but my immediate reaction was wanting to sort of jump back up and felt a little bit embarrassed and wanted to get on with it. People were telling me no, I needed to lay there, and I heard somebody saying that they needed to get an ambulance. So it was really confusing, actually. I do consider myself lucky every day that I'm still here, but also I do sort of grieve a little bit for what I've lost and not been able to do. So it's a bit of a mixed emotions. You know, I take clopidogrel each day. Um, it used to be aspirin, but then they changed that. I have a yearly check with the GP, and then they just check things like uh, blood pressure, cholesterol levels and things, but there was absolutely no understanding at all of why it happened. Let's meet Steve Diaper from Southampton, who suffered a stroke in 1995 at the age of 23. Well, I was really active. I was playing um, a lot of rugby at the time. Generally, at 23 years old, I was playing rugby twice on a weekend and training twice a week as well. So I had, you know, quite an active lifestyle. I was, I considered myself to be pretty fit. I sort of generally sort of looked after myself reasonably well. I wasn't really too hit up on diet and things. I wasn't eating a bad diet, but I was slim, fit and active. So yeah, very happy. So the streak was a bit out of the blue, to be honest. I was actually training one night, it was a Tuesday night and it was in a dark, we were under floodlights at our local rugby club. We were just doing exercises, we were actually doing like shuttle runs at the time, so it was running up and down, doing things. And I can just remember as I was running and then I just sort of remember falling over. And then it was um, a little bit of a blur, really, because the next thing I remember is a sort of crowd of people around me. And uh, I was sort of looking up and thinking, what was all the fuss about? I didn't realise... I didn't, certainly didn't feel like anything really had happened. I felt a little bit confused, perhaps, but my immediate reaction was wanting to sort of jump back up and felt a little bit embarrassed and wanted to get on with it. People were telling me, no, I needed to lay there, and I heard somebody saying that they needed to get an ambulance. So it was really confusing, actually. 
So I just led there and the ambulance came along and picked me up. So I was taken to hospital, or was it Southampton General Hospital? I went there and they just tested my blood sugar straight away and um, found that my blood sugar was a, a bit low. So what they actually did for me in hospital was just give me a very sweet cup of tea and a Mars bar. And my um, fiance at the time came to the hospital and picked me up and basically took me home. I went to bed. It wasn't until the next morning, really. I tried to get up and sort of fell out of the bed. Then pretty much fell down the stairs and she'd noticed that I was not really taking any sort of notice of my left hand side at all. Again, I didn't really feel like there was anything particularly wrong from my point of view. Got dressed and I like put a, a shirt on but didn't put my arm through the, the left sleeve. Put a jump on, did the same. And my fiance had a bit of a clue that there was a neurological or, or cerebral kind of um, event going on. She took me to our local GP, actually, and we went there and saw the GP. And immediately he referred me to go straight back to the hospital. You know, he phoned them and said, you know, I was coming. She took me there and they CT scanned me straight away or MRI scanned me straight away. And that's when I was actually diagnosed as having the stroke. Fortunately, very fortunately, I mean, I was in hospital for about four days, I believe. But I had this left-sided weakness and I didn't have a face droop or anything, but I did have a slightly slurred speech and it was just a weakness with my left leg and arm. Didn't have much of a grip, but very slowly over those sort of four days, everything sort of seemed to come back. It wasn't perfect, but it was there and I was sent home from there with a bit of physio to do and that was it. And then, as you can imagine, at the age of 23, I was... uh, sent for every follow-up test that you can think of. There was Doppler scans and um, you know every sort of scan going really ahead and um, nothing was ever found. I was in really good condition. So it was totally out of the blue. There was no underlying cause for this. It was just a bit of a freak really that had happened. So it was um, very bizarre. Of course, as well, that put an end to my rugby playing as well because the club were told that the rugby football union wouldn't be able to insure me for playing. So I sort of stopped then. And it's coming up for 25th anniversary this year with my stroke. And I do consider myself lucky every day that I'm still here. But also I do sort of grieve a little bit for what I've lost and not been able to do. So it's a bit of a mixed emotions. But when you do think like that, you've got to think of the positive that you are still here. And it's only recently that actually uh, close to home, my uncle... Um, has had a stroke and he's in quite a bad condition so I really do feel how fortunate I've been. I guess that's mainly down to my age. I was able to recover quite quickly. Doctors continue to track Steve's progress. You know, I take clopidogrel each day. Um, it used to be aspirin, but then they changed that. I have a yearly check with the GP, and they, they just check things like uh, blood pressure, cholesterol levels and things, but there was absolutely no understanding at all of why it happened. I think it was about a year after my initial stroke. I did have another episode. I was just diagnosed as a TIA, the mini-stroke, and I was just... Coming out, I had been out drinking to be fair, but I wasn't, you know, over over the top. But I collapsed in the street there and was taken to hospital. They scanned me again. There was nothing new on the scan. Uh, they could just see the old stroke scar from the year before. Since then, I've had no recurring episodes, so I've been very lucky. I feel that after the stroke, I sort of found it more difficult to sort of concentrate on things, perhaps. But I don't really know whether things like that are actually down to um, what's left over from the stroke or I'm just using that as an excuse or putting it down to so I have had mental health issue probably about 10 years ago where I was diagnosed with depression and and anxiety as well I'd like to think that that's just day-to-day living rather than the stroke but it does make you wonder sometimes and I don't know you know if that would have any effect at all 
Steve believes that the understanding and the treatments available for stroke survivors have greatly improved since the 1990s. I think there's been some really big advances since when I had my stroke. I'm not sure if there was even, because um, now within that sort of golden hour of, of having the stroke, you can be given the clot bust and things like that. Now, I'm not even sure if that was available when I had my stroke. The fact that I wasn't actually diagnosed until the day after, that I would have um, been outside that window anyway. But there seems to be a lot more understanding, I think. And I believe from the treatment that people are recovering to a better degree than they did maybe years ago. So, you know, there's always advances in that. So things are definitely improving. When I had my stroke, I didn't really even appreciate the full implications of what a stroke was at the time at age 23 I thought I knew everything and you know it was just a little blip of things I don't think it's until you sort of mature a bit and then you sort of turn around and think crikey you know how lucky you were at the time but at the time I didn't even think that a stroke was potentially serious it could have been so I've been a little bit flippant with it I guess in the past but it's only recently in the sort of probably in about the last five ten years even that I've considered myself really fortunate. Steve is now a frequent user of Instagram. It's 25 years ago now since my stroke. And to be honest with you, I've probably done nothing since then. And I guess that's maybe using the stroke maybe as an excuse, perhaps. I've not been very exercise conscious and things like that. And I have, you know, I've put on a lot of weight since then. And it's sort of now, you know, I'm 48 years old and it was like it's really time to make a change now. The Instagram account I've set up really was just for trying to make myself accountable. So, you know, if you're recording it, you're more likely to do things. And I've been out every day now walking at least 10,000 steps and things like that. Um, So the Instagram was really for myself to document, hopefully, a journey back to some good health. I haven't got really bad health issues, but, you know, I will have if I don't do anything about it now, really. So that's really what the Instagram account's been for. I've got so used to now posting things, updates on what I'm doing and things like that. So, and my family have been really supportive with that. Um, my partner at the moment, she looks forward to like watching my videos and things. And it, I think it just sort of spurs you on to do something. So I would recommend it. You know, you are airing your um, laundry in public, I guess. But then, it's you know, it does make you sort of accountable to do things. You know, it's really important to, when you do have the bad days as well, to still document those, which I've done a couple of times. But it's a marathon and not a sprint. So I'm uh, looking forward to carrying on with it. You know, I'm not far off 15 hours, so I just want to be in good health, you know, going into my later years, to be able to uh, enjoy life and see my kids and just to be happy and appreciate what I've got. I mean, I've certainly realised that material things, as much as they're good, they certainly don't make you happy. It is having your health and the sort of cliche things like that that really are important in your life. So it's putting those forward and putting those in first position as a priority for me to make sure that, you know, I'm here to enjoy life. And Steve has advice for fellow stroke survivors. For somebody who's recently had a stroke, I think my advice would be to be really patient because, you know, your recovery does take a long time. And I know not everybody will be able to recover to the point that they'd like to to get back to normal, but it's having patience and just, you know, things will take time, but things will get better. And I think it's just trying to maintain your sort of mental well-being more than anything. You know, don't let things get you down. Talk to your family. And that's the thing is having support of people around you. 
you know, let people know how you feel. Your loved ones will be there for you. So my advice really for um, family members of people who have had strokes is to sort of make sure you do give that support and be there for them because it's a really confusing sort of time because you don't really understand well, I certainly didn't really understand what had happened to me. You know, I sort of just tried to brush it off. I, I knew best and things like that. But I think I probably could have benefited more from, you know, my understanding. You know, so read up as well and listen to other people's stories. And, you know, I think those sort of things would help you out as well. It's just, you know, you can't get to a point where you can get back to normal. There's still plenty that, you know, you'll be able to do in your life. So make the most of it. Steve was lucky with the outcome of his stroke. He's been able to live a fulfilling life and is now focused on keeping on top of his physical fitness. Coming up in the next episode of Stroke Stories. I kind of went about my day for the next four days and my symptoms progressed and got really worse. So it started off with me not being able to lift things with my left hand properly not being able to open doors. And then while I was on work experience, I would get dizzy and stumble. And then I started to kind of get pains in my head. Please do subscribe to Stroke Stories and rate and comment on the episodes you hear to help us spread the word. And if you are or you know of a stroke survivor and there's a story you can share, please contact via Twitter or Instagram. Our DMs are open. The Stroke Stories podcast was produced by Aidan Judd. I'm Mark Goodyear. Thank you for listening. <laughs>